0: back to another episode of Real Relatable. I'm Donna Green. You know, this year has been a hodgepodge of emotions ranging from stressful to happiness to relief to sadness to kind of intermittent tranquility. The entire pandemic and the hot mess we call 2020 has been incredibly trying. But also in the last 10 or 11 months, I've noticed a huge change and in, in stride in my personal growth from divorce at the end of 2019, receiving a promotion at the beginning of 2020, to the power of this pandemic, and the constant battle for equality. This year just feels like it has been this distasteful collage of so many bad things that are all brought to light at once. And it feels like this year it's kind of like the year of needing to save the world but how exactly do we save the world like this question alone is daunting the thought process about where we even begin is even more so we have black lives to save the environment our children the economy hell even our sanity it's like we're pulled in so many different directions emotionally, whether that's personal things that you're going through or global things or national things, local things, your communities. And it's a lie. Like it really is a lot to handle. Um, and it's understandable if you feel overwhelmed. You know, I kind of feel overwhelmed sometimes because it's important to me to, to speak up and use my voice and do what I can. Um, but that doesn't mean that we stop because it gets hard or because we're, you know, quote unquote, tired of hearing it. You know, we've talked about it before on the podcast that that's a very, you know, privileged place to be, just to be able to turn something off because you don't want to hear it or you don't want to see it. But the issues that we're facing in this world should be all of our issues to help combat, we have to keep fighting for equality and justice across the board. And, you know, let's be clear, um, most things aren't mutually exclusive. You know, I think that there's this sense of mutual exclusivity with the Black Lives Matter movement and that quote unquote being anti-police, um, but it's not. And it, we can be multifaceted in the things that we care about and the things that we speak about, and one doesn't always negate the other. We can, should and need to be outraged at the murder of Canon Hyine a couple weeks ago. It was absolutely horrific. You know, as a human and as a parent, I can't even fathom someone doing harm onto or moreover taking the life of a child. And comparing Cannon Heinen's murder to the murder of George Floyd or Breonna Taylor is a disservice to all of these victims' lives and these unconscionable actions that ended their lives. Cannon's murder doesn't stop me from saying Black Lives Matter because he was killed by a black man. His murder shouldn't be compared or used as a way to discredit the movement. Cannon was only five years old. He should not have been killed. We can say Black Lives Matter and take action to create necessary change for equality. In the same breath, we can acknowledge and want better for communities and people who have been forcibly held back and result to being a product of their environment. These aren't mutually exclusive. We can also care for police who are lost in the line of fire on the job. But we can also condemn those that use excessive power Or unfairly target specific groups of people based upon their own biases. For example, how did the police turn their attention from two white women fighting to the black man that was breaking up the fight, shooting him in the back several times? How did the protests against the brutalization of Jacob Blake end with two deaths and one person being dismembered from an underage white boy with a semi automatic rifle? This 17-year-old decided to go to a different state from Illinois to Wisconsin where he illegally obtained a firearm and use it to murder two, injure another, and walk away without so much as a blink from law enforcement, to whom he admitted what he did right after. He isn't even old enough to lawfully own or carry a firearm in either state, whether it be Illinois or Wisconsin. He wasn't accompanied by a legal guardian to have that firearm to have that firearm on him. And, for when, and from what I read, the only exception to this is if you're hunting for sport and under an instructor's guidance, then I can tell you right now, the only thing that this individual went to do in Wisconsin in terms of hunting was for human lives. He knew, he had to have known. Going from Illinois to Wisconsin to quote-unquote protect said businesses, I don't think he was doing that. I think that he legitimately went there for a purpose to go human hunting. And it's disgusting. If him walking around with this rifle, again, underage and not under supervision of someone who was legally responsible for him, if that's not a premier example of white privilege, I, I don't know what else could be. For those against the Black Lives Matter movement or seek to discredit the movement, when are you going to believe us? We can literally talk, march, and protest until we are purple in the face, yet it feels like some will never get it. And it's, it's crazy to me because the amount of energy and willful ignorance to the movement is incredibly disheartening. Or maybe, let's say, you know, movement aside, there are an incredible, innumerable, Number of examples of the injustice that black and brown people experience. Innumerable everywhere. You can look it up. You can listen to personal accounts. There are so many different avenues that are available to you if you are against or if you don't see the issues that we face, but you won't take the time to look it up. I'm going to quote Reverend Dr. Ron Bell. I feel that what he says summarizes those against the movement, and this should, I feel like this should do it. I think you were so busy looking for a riot that you missed the gathering of the grieving. I think you were so busy looking for looters that you missed the lament and heartbreak of a community. I think you were so busy looking for trouble that you missed the tragedy of systemic Racialized trauma on the bodies of black and brown people. Tonight, tomorrow, and even the next day, I beg of you, look again. Look again. It's hard when we see social media full of all these polarizing opinions presented as facts or for people that you considered maybe friends or family that repost these things and it makes you question your relationship or understanding. And the beauty of social media is that you can choose who and what you follow, what businesses, what organizations, what people. And if the content that they bring doesn't serve you or gives you ill feelings or is full of hate, you can unfollow them. You can mute them. You can do whatever you need to to get away from that kind of energy. I mean, I guess this could go both ways if you're, you know, you've got someone who's so against racial <laughs> and human rights. Um, and they don't want to see anything about human rights or the racial inequalities in our country. That's, that's pretty sad. But my point is, um, I don't think that racial equality is negative energy by any means, but, you know, if you see that kind of negative energy, if you don't want to follow, you don't have to. I think we should go along with the people and, um, the accounts that help to uplift or, you know, to bring substance to our lives. If you haven't heard at this point, um, this is incredibly sad, and what a week, what a year, but Chadwick Boseman, possibly most well known for his role in Black Panther as King T'Challa, passed away August 28th after a four-year battle with colon cancer. This movie, his role in this, and several other movies were incredible and iconic for so many reasons. A big one being the impact on the Black community. Um, when Black Panther came out and um, several other movies that feature a predominantly, black, a predominantly Black cast, this is huge for us. I've said it before, and I need you to let this sink in with you. When you see people who look like you in roles or career fields you aspire to be in or don't know you could be in, this is the purpose of representation. Chadwick, we applaud and will continue to applaud the work you've done for decades to come. You have helped pave the way for so many and continue to do so as your legacy. If you haven't seen, you know, some of the um, videos that people have posted, namely, um, there's one with Jimmy Fallon and Chadwick Boseman, um, where there are individuals coming up to talk to like the poster, or you know, those large um, movie display kind of uh, digital screens or hard screens of uh, Black Panther, and people just just relaying their sentiments of what a beautiful job Chadwick did and what it means to them. And these are, you know, people uh, across the board of different backgrounds um, and different takeaways that they got from the movie. And it was beautiful to see the way that it touched Chadwick and being able to be an inspiration for so many people. And what's crazy about all of this, too, is that none of us knew that he was battling cancer for the last four years I mean that is incredible work to do to to battle cancer between chemo treatments you know all of these things and put out such iconic movies that's that's insane and it's such a a beautiful way to live to your fullest potential and you know have something be greater than yourself um I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying this is exactly how he felt or anything like that. But to me, making those movies, being those characters, being someone that people can look up to, maybe was more important than disclosing his his illness. And he did it. He absolutely did it. And that's similar to what I've been striving to do in my life. in the last, I'd say probably two years. At the end of the day, I want to feel like I'm making a difference in this world in whatever way I can. I want to and I maybe feel a sense of obligation to do so um, because this world needs people to use their voices and create change. There's no way I can just sit back and allow things to unfold without saying anything or speaking up. And Sometimes I grapple with myself of like what pays my bills, but doesn't pay my soul. Um, And it can feel very trite to work in this corporate world, you know, selling for selling a product, I guess, that feels so insignificant. And it's a battle to remind myself, you know, what I do career wise doesn't define me. And one day it'll be my passions that simultaneously fuel my soul and pay my bills, but you know, while right now I'm not there, um, that's a place that I aspire to be. And I need to become more intentional about taking steps and doing so. Uh, I think it would be a privilege to be able to be in that position of, you know, having something that you're passionate about, um, also be your livelihood. And I don't think that happens for everybody. But um, I do want to be able to find a way to make that happen, and I know that responsibility falls on me, and so I am, you know, trying to do better all the time to maybe, you know, take more away from like the podcasts that I listen to, um, you know, the inspirational ones or even you know, kind of the more fun ones because there's always these like nuggets of what you can do better, how you can do better, maybe, you know, taking small examples from other people and seeing how you can incorporate that into your life and to elevate yourself to whatever place that you want to be. So I kind of want to do a little bit of a rewind to reference back to an episode that I did at the end of 2019. It was basically kind of coming out and um, maybe setting things straight or just delicately anyway about my divorce at the end of last year, and where my therapist kind of challenged me to, you know, establish or understand more about who I am and who I want to be. And so I went back um, to that episode, which I'll play here in just a second. But I also took the time last night to drop these down. And so I can compare where I was and um, where I am now, or, you know, kind of what I, where I think I am now um, or where I feel I am now. And if you didn't listen to that episode, go back and listen to um, the last one of 2019. It's called real life happens. And so this might make a little bit more sense, but um, I'm going to play that clip here for you right now. My therapist encouraged me to sort of like reestablish who I wanted to be in this transition Um, but also moving forward into the life of a single mother. Um, So she had me put together a list to describe who I am. So I I saved the list because I knew at some point I probably wanted to share it as well. So who I am. So I put strong-willed, passionate, driven, caring, honest, hardworking, smart, intuitive, compassionate... And lastly, I am enough. I appreciate being able to kind of reference back to that time when it was, man, it was such a difficult time for me, um, to where I am now and a very different space. Again, you know, happier, healthier than I have been in a long time, um, But I wanted to go back to it too, just to kind of see where I'm at um, in terms of who I want to be and if I've upheld those things. And of all times for who I really am to be tested and, you know, show true, I feel like the pandemic has been able to do that in the worst but best possible way. And for the most part, I feel like I have. I think that Um, There's obviously always room for improvement. Um, You know, I'm still just as strong-willed and caring and passionate and um, smarter, I would hope, uh, than I was at the end of last year. But um, I think I've also had a lot of like emotional growth in a sense of being more in tune with Um, my own wants and desires with, um, you know, different relationships or interactions and maybe being able to identify um, and speak out on things that maybe have triggered me or uh, make me uneasy or just just stuff that doesn't sit well with me. So I feel like I've done a pretty good job of upholding those things and kind of expanding upon that too, uh, with the intention of always, you know, doing better and, um, you know, learning different ways to do so. I think part of that growth, too, um, more recently, just during, like, the time right now when everything is just so heightened, um, this sense of anxiety or, um, you know, this, this unrest in the country, but I feel like I've especially, you know, had a tug of war with my emotions as you know, when all of the protests began in May and June, um, the company that I work for, they issued a statement, you know, pledged for continued diversity and inclusion and improving on, um, you know, the current state of the diversity inclusion in the company. And now I'm just kind of curious to see what has been done the last three months. Um, Then I want to see an update. I feel like this is part of me being, you know, more in tune with myself of, deciding what I want to stand for and working for a company that sides with that. You know, there are a lot of different organizations that were posting about, you know, BLM and stuff like that um, when this, when the protests began and you just wonder, like, are we still on that or was that just temporary to stay up um, with the cloud of everything? Like, what does that actually mean to you? And so, again, I'm kind of grappling with do I say something? Do I not say something? Um, am I going too far if I do? Um, is it important enough for me to stay working for this company if I'm not even really sure if they care? Um, am I even going to find a company that cares? You know, it's just, it's all of these things um, that make me like, go back and forth and kind of makes it. Harder. Do you ever ask yourself, what actions am I taking to leave a positive mark on this world, even in the smallest way? Are you doing things that elevate or help you get to your purpose? I do my part by speaking out on my podcast, um, the way that I spend my dollars with the businesses, organizations, and causes I support, um, by being an advocate any and everywhere I can be. And it's not easy, but, you know, anything worth fighting for typically isn't. I also do a bit of internal work um, with Room for Improvement to make sure I'm being the best me possible, staying true to myself, and being proud of the human woman, mother, sister, daughter, and friend I'm becoming. I know it's a lot because there is so much going on, so just do what you can. Um, You know, pick a cause or movement and do the work. I know we're all kind of pulled into so many different directions with um, things I guess that hit you know mainstream media but then also maybe causes that are important to you that aren't in mainstream media Uh, but that doesn't mean that you know you can't do something in those efforts as well so I think it's okay to you know focus on one thing at a time Uh, we're not trying to all lives matter the global national or local issues we're facing but at the very least you know Pick something that maybe is resonating with you, you know, do some work and hopefully that is the catalyst to continue to make change in this world. So for this week's uh, Weekly Faith in Humanity Restored, which is where we give back um, where you can by supporting businesses that incorporate giving from sales to charities or donating directly to the source, a dollar or share, it all counts. I'm basically just going to go back through all of the wake, weekly Faith in Humanity um, shout outs we've already gone through. And I'll post these in the show notes per usual, but, you know, again, you know, pick one or a couple or whatever. And, um, you know, if you can donate, that'd be great. If you can You know, share it with your peers. That'd be fantastic. But whatever we can to do to continuously create change, that'd be amazing. So I'm just gonna kind of name them off again. I'll include this in the show notes. So we're going with March for Our Lives, MarchforOurLives.com. This is more specifically about gun reform. National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI.org. Black Mamas Matter Alliance, BlackMamasMatter.org. National Museum of African American History and Culture, nmaahc.si.edu, mambafc, mambasitasports.org, colorofchange.org, blackandbold.com, blackgirlsunscreen.com. And actually, I'm going to also add one now. For the Child Rescue Coalition, um, this organization is a nonprofit that enables law enforcement to track, arrest, and prosecute child predators. So, as a mama, as a person, human, that is incredibly important to in child trafficking, um, sex trafficking, and you know child pornography. So, um, that is ChildRescueCoalition.org. Again, all of these will be in the show notes. You can follow the podcast page on Instagram at Real Relatable Podcast. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. It would be incredibly helpful um, to see those reviews and to get some feedback there. And until next time, be sure to keep it real and stay relatable. Bye guys.